Welcome to the Success Addicts. You are stepping into a conversation where I ask the questions that you're thinking of to people that strive for success in all different areas of life, business, faith, health, and more. So ask yourself this one question, are you ready to master your journey of success? In this episode, you will get a first-hand look of what it takes to work as a true team with your spouse. Sam and John Wells have purchased hundreds of multifamily units by supporting each other with the necessary sacrifices to achieve the goals that they set out for themselves and their family. When you have 100 doors and, and a lease comes up, you're, you're still 99% occupied, right? So that's one of the biggest reasons in the economies of scale. Enjoy the episode, and fair warning, you may become addicted. Hi, John and Sam. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity for coming on the show. Hey, Lenny. Hey, Lenny. Thanks for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so look, I, I'm definitely inspired by the story. I know the audience will be as well. Um, so I guess just to start off right from the jump, let us know a little bit about your story. Tell us, you know, how did you guys get into what you're doing today and, um, and you know, where you guys are headed and, and what your day to day looks like? Yeah, so um, I come from a big box retail background and worked, tried my best to work my way up into um, management and corporate there and couldn't pretty much got stuck at mid-level management and frustrated making a $60,000 a year uh, salary. Um, hop, graduated from Georgia Southern and met Sam and decided to get into real estate sales and residential sales after graduating and moved to Charleston. Sam wanted to always live in Charleston. So we moved here and um, Sam was working a W-2 job for a treatment center. And um, I knew real estate was the, the way to go as far as getting on the investor side and, um, and then just started educating myself on how we could do that and really listening to a lot of podcasts like yours, yours and, and others um, and reading a lot of books. And I knew I had a mentor tell me the first property you should buy should never be less than 60 doors. <clears throat> and that that just blew my mind. Like, how in the world could you buy 60 doors for your first deal? Um, I, I barely had the money to buy a duplex or a quad and um and, you know, how would a bank lend that type of money to me? How would I save that much money? That would take me half a lifetime to do that. So that's where the journey started, asking that question of how can we? And just, you know, Shanghai Sam into listening to a lot of that educational material and getting... Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I got drug along for the ride and thank God, because, uh, you know, I came from a very business development background, always been um, somewhat good at building relationships, I guess. And um, Jonathan would constantly listen to, you know, just growth minded podcasts, YouTubes, all of that. And um, he'd put on some big time syndicators in the car on car rides and I'd start taking a nap and I always tell that story because I was so not bought in and um because really the scarcity mindset it just didn't seem possible so you've got me listening to this stuff that there's no way we can achieve and um you know slowly by slowly it started sinking in and then we um 
took a course together. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm in. And, um, you know, started really doing the work and and jumped from my W-2 into multifamily. And now we own um, over 400 doors as a general partner, closing 80 units in the next two weeks. I mean, it's just been an unbelievable ride. No, that's awesome. I mean, that's, you know, you, you don't hear that, that type of path. Um, I think, you know, middle management getting stuck in that um, environment kind of gets you thinking about some some things differently. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about that, you know, on, on how did that thinking, you know, what caused you to start thinking differently? I mean, in middle management, why real estate? You could have gone, you know, a different route. So what what got you initially interested in real estate? Um, I had, I had read some, I mean, obviously everyone's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, probably that's listened to this. I'd read that back book early on. I read it again. My, my uncle was super successful in commercial real estate in Seattle. I had a father-in-law who was in residential sales and, you know, I just was like, there's gotta be something different than corporate and I'll give this a shot. And it really was just a shot in the dark. And, and getting in on the sales side opened my opened my world up to a lot a network of a lot of bigger thinkers and different types of thinkers than people that were just trying to work their way up in corporate life. Um, these are people entrepreneurs that um, you know were trying to build actual businesses, and that was a total paradigm shift for me. So being around that, and you know. The number one goal with them was the education piece, learning. So um, learning and then the passive income piece. So that's what really started my journey into and to get into uh, the real estate investment side. I think, too, just to I mean, I hate to say brag on Jonathan a little bit, but he was so willing to have an open mind. And so, you know, I mean, we moved to Charleston and he was like, I'm doing residential real estate. And I'm like, OK. And, you know, he didn't know a soul, but he was willing to listen to other people and just put forth a lot of hard work. But, you know, he'd come home because he was surrounded by people who were thinking so big, it was just naturally coming off of him because he was willing to sort of open his mind and, and really listen to other people and not feel like he had all the answers, but instead these people are successful. I'm going to do what, what they did. And he really brought that into our, our household. And that, so that kind of would follow up into my next question, because it sounded like uh, you, Sam, you weren't really bought in at first. It sounded like you were kind of skeptical and you're just kind of letting John, you know, do his own thing, listen to the podcast um, and read the book. So how did you get bought in and what, what allowed you to take that step as well with him? Yeah, I was um like supportive and on the inside, I was like, this is never going to work. <laughs> you know? And um <laughs> But I was willing to like, you know, we'd sit at the table and list our debt and, and, you know, and then like some big goals. And I'm like, how are we ever going to hit those goals? You know, but it's like, if, if money didn't matter, you know, what would you want that sort of thing? And so um, I think I had a lot of the willingness, you know, at the beginning. Um, and then when we took that course, it was really because I thought, okay, this will kind of like say I, I did it and it'll quiet, you know, this whole beast and we can move on. And when I took that, I was surrounded by um, a bunch of people who had done it, first of all. And then um, we were having our second baby 
uh, and I was going to go back from maternity leave. And I just spent the whole maternity leave thinking like, this is bull, you know, I'm not <laughs> go and work for someone else my whole life. And um, at that point in time, I had been exposed to so many people who were doing it. And I just had that like burn the ships, whatever it takes moment. You know, I I want us to leave a, a legacy for our family, um, you know, and to be able to spend as much time with our kids as possible. And so it just really gave me the the bug that I was going to at least give it my all, um, you know, and if we failed, at least we we did everything we could trying. And so I want to dive into that, too, because I, I mean, even just coming from my mind and hearing that story is. So you have kids and, you know, you guys are building this life around your W-2 jobs and the consistent income. So how do you, you know, what was the game plan? How did you guys map out even figuring out how to navigate that and pay the bills and, and navigate all that and, and then pursue this complete entrepreneurial journey? Um, (laughs) That's a good question. I, you know, from the gate of getting into sales, real estate sales, I was like, I'm going to do all I can to make this work. And I'm going to just throw everything at it. And if I fail, I left it all on the field. So I've had that mindset since we got married. And, um, and it's just, we had that same mindset going into this, you know, as, as an entrepreneur owning a business and real estate sales, you know, that it, is a very uh, demanding job. It's a lot of hours, really good money. But, um, you know, someone said on a podcast that, or one of our coaches said, you know, you just got to put in 10 hours a week. So we time blocked 10 hours a week for the multifamily piece initially until we could transition um, full-time into it. The other thing is one, we really supported one another, you know, I mean, Jonathan's always been very hands-on like with the kids. So if I'm calling brokers or underwriting a deal or something like that, you know, I have that support. And if he's going on appointment or talking to investors, you know, then he knew I would take care of the kids. Um, and we spent a lot of time, you know, after hours, so to speak, like where we could, uh, you know, watch Netflix or take a nap or something like that. We are, you know, calling brokers and, you know, underwriting deals, looking at markets, um, that sort of thing so that we could kind of, you know, get ahead. I mean, it was it was chaos. You know, there's there's no getting around that. I mean, we did our best to plan. We're, we're not perfect. I mean, there was a lot of rough weeks and rough nights and, you know, we stay in the eye of the hurricane. Like we just let the chaos be around us and just, you know, keep what the number one thing, the most important thing, which is our relationship, the most important thing, you know, and kind of that's a base to jump off on and do bigger things. So. The, the other thing is we said um, yes, a lot. I mean, we had our first baby. And I think it was the same, like two weeks later, we were raising money for our first deal. And it was like, can we do this? And, you know, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Jonathan quite that stressed because it was like, you know, a newborn and then raising money, but it, it was the right thing. To, it just gave us so much experience and it was just very, um, it was the right thing to do. Mm, raise, raising money and raising a baby. I guess that's, that's something that goes hand in hand. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. And so it sounds like education was also a big piece 
where did you know how did, how did you even know where to start i mean like you said there's a lot of podcasts books seminars coaching programs was there a kind of a vetting process and and how did you you know how did you know what to go into um so we didn't know where to start we just got a taste of everything and just found out what really vibed with us and then honed in on that um specifically the podcast and also um, got into some boot camps and some virtual workshops and I, you know, kidnapped her for two days. I think the biggest takeaway from this whole thing is, you know, if you have a spouse, you don't have to do it necessarily with your spouse, but it, it, it adds rocket fuel to everything you're doing. If you can get you both working in the same direction and bought into the same thing, and it might not happen right away. You know, I just wanted to include her in in my growth because I knew I was growing and I heard early on that it was important to bring your spouse along with you when in whatever area you might be growing spiritually, financially, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> so I uh we took a boot camp after the two-day boot camp. It was a twenty thousand dollar coaching pitch, and I was like, I just wanted a boot camp, right? And she's like, Well, let's sign up for that. And I'm like, All right, let's do it, you know. So which was our savings at the time, like it, it yeah, was it was everything. Yeah. yeah. So we did that and I knew it wasn't necessarily the information. It was the network and also a commitment that we were making. And that's that's what was going to cause us to be successful. Like we're not going to drop 20K on something and not want to see an ROI on it. Um, and I know Sam says that she kind of thought she would sign up for this and then the passive income would just start coming in, you know? Um, <laughs> That's how I was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> like it was like an automatic uh, yeah. investment. Yeah. Like, Oh, we're going to join this course. And then all of a sudden, but in reality, you know, I think it's still that 80, 20 thing. Like you got to do the work and a lot of people, I mean, it's, it is a lot of hard work. Um, but so, I mean, I'm going to work hard no matter what I do. So I can either work hard building the business of, you know, the W-2 employer I had and helping them grow, or I can work hard building ours. And um, and if I'm building ours, I have that time freedom that comes with it, you know? Mm, no, that's good. And and I kind of want to dive into that before uh, John mentioned something earlier that I really wanted to, you know, dive into a little bit is bringing your spouse into what you're doing and the business um, sometimes it sounds like a bad idea, you know, I, I don't know, you know, making your spouse a business partner. So were there certain boundaries that needed to be set up front to, to make that work? That's a great question. Um, I think, you know, to comment on, that's a bad idea. Like you're in business with your spouse, no matter what, whether you like it or not. I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know, unless you have some sort of prenup or something, <laughs> but, um, but either way, they're going to be instrumental to your success um, if they're involved or not in supporting you. So I think the boundaries really come into emotional ones for is what I think about. First of all, like when we talk about finances and our success, like I do our be my best to separate it from from like our actual who we are as a person. So there is a lot of failure on the way to success. And you cannot take that personally. And we support ourselves in, in failure and, and let each other fail um, and, and don't really, you know, just are there to pick each other up, I think. Yeah, you know? 
I think too, our brains work so differently. So Jonathan is so good at being organized and time blocking. And I'm going to do this at this point. And I'm like, not, not, I found a deal. Can we look at it right now? You know? And um, at the beginning, that was really hard because we were both still working. He was building a, you know, a big residential, you know, real estate business that he's got to lead generate for and talk to clients. And I'm like, but hey, I'm working on this. Let's do this. And so there was there was also finding our um, kind of our roles, you know, I mean, I had to figure out which part I was really good at. And um, and and he did, too, really. And, and initially, I think we both kind of were doing some of the same things and then we figured out who was really good at at what as we went along but i we did brush up against one another sometimes just from a trying to accomplish everything at one time um and i also you know i'm still learning and growing so much but at the beginning i really didn't know and and so i would come with a lot of questions but it's like let's put them let's ask all the questions at one time <laughs> 30 throughout the day yeah. Yeah, that's smart. And and so how long after signing up for the course and really getting even more serious about this journey, did you actually start to see results? We did um, direct mailers and we wholesaled a deal within the first four months. Yeah, a couple months. Yeah. After that paid for that coaching and a little bit more. Um, so not ideal for our business plan, but it it was it was what we needed at the time and it and it worked. Um and then it was eleven months or we joined in May and in December we closed on that first deal where we were raising money. So it really wasn't that long after. Yeah, we closed on two deals in, in December. Yeah. So of the same year. So it really wasn't that long um, after. And then once we closed on those, I mean, honestly, we had um, we were a small piece of that team, but we got the experience and we really like aligned ourselves with very smart operators and operators who had a ton of experience. And so that was really something else that really helped propel us forward. Yeah, no, that's uh, I think it sounds like even just before is education and, and environment are probably the two kind of proponents that got to got you to where you are. Um, so I guess kind of veering into, you know, your personal experience, you know, going back and obviously you guys have made a lot of different mistakes and, and learned a lot throughout the process. So somebody that's new, that's listening to this, that wants to get into real estate, what would be your recommendation on where to start and and kind of the best way to navigate to get to where they to get to where you are guys today? I I always suggest one think a lot bigger and surround yourselves with people that are doing big things. And then if you're if you're wanting to do multifamily, a hundred plus units, um, get in on on a partnership as a as an investor first as a limited partner. Um, there's syndications out there you can invest as little as a thousand bucks into and just get a get a feel for that and then figure out how you can help someone that is doing deals and get on as a general partner um even i mean don't be greedy just take a very small percentage or, or even for free but get on as a general partner that'll give you so much confidence and clout um, when you're looking for your own deal and then you take down your own deal and you you should have the the knowledge to assemble your own team and take it down. Cool. And and what would you say some of the mistakes 
or some of the bigger mistakes that you guys have made that you learn from to kind of just educate and, and give some color and background on that? I think um, partnering with the wrong people is the biggest mistake. Um, you know, the biggest thing people want to jump into partnerships very quickly. Um, a, a partnerships like a marriage, they're easy to get into, very hard to get out of. <clears throat> I I had uh, someone recommend, and I recommend this to anyone, is, is just have loose associations with people. You know, figure out if you want to partner with them or not. There's some questionnaires out there that you can um, answer for both of you to make sure it's a good partnership. Um, but really just not having your values aligned with your partner, whoever that may be, um, is going to be a big deal. And then, um, so that was the biggest mistake I think is, is getting in some of the wrong partnerships. I think too, this sounds so simple, but just waiting to get started, you know, I mean, I just wanted to have so much information and knowledge so that I didn't make a mistake. And in reality, I could have started months, months or a year before, you know, it was just the fear. And so finally, when like the pain of going to that W2 outweighed the fear, I was like, for I'll learn it as I go. You know, I just got to make the phone calls. Um, and so if you can save yourself that time and just start, you'll you'll learn it anyways. And hopefully if you're aligned with good people, they'll really save you from making the the major mistakes. Okay. No, that's good. And so raising capital came up a lot. Um, obviously, that's a big piece of the success in this business. Um, what are some, you know, what, what, did, how did you guys get started? I mean, not having experience in multifamily and, and raising capital, was that from family members and friends? I mean, you know, how do you get started with not really having much of an investment background? Um, so this is what I recommend is, is use someone else's deal to pitch to family and friends, make sure they're aware of what you're doing. Hey, I'm going to be doing this, or this is what I'm doing. Here's a deal. Um, <clears throat> One of one of my pitches to family and friends is, hey, would you listen to this? I'm going to be presenting it to investors. And I just would appreciate your feedback on it. And uh, and then I present it to them and half the time they'd want to invest in, in something like that. So uh, when when I had a deal that was my own or I was a part of that I was helping with, then they would be a soft commitment, you know, uh, oh, great. So how much would you like to, you know, would you want me to sub set aside for when this opportunity becomes available, you know, $50,000. So we just start uh, plugging away at soft commitments like that. Now, most people in the beginning just, you know, think it's a get rich quick, quick scheme. You know, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's the next, you know, multifamily marketing. My own family uh, included. They, yeah. <laughs> they said that every time we'd go home for a visit, like, oh, how's y'all's, uh, what do they call Amway? And yeah. we're like, oh, gosh. You know? so, so it took about the fourth deal that we took down. And then all of a sudden the floodgates open and all the families coming in on the deal. And, and like, um, you know, it's just they want to watch, sit back and watch you and see if you're going to follow through and do what you're doing. Um, Family is actually probably harder than friends or strangers, you know, like let's <laughs> just wait and, and see. Um, 
but I think that that first time it's really like people don't have the knowledge of, okay, I can buy a house and I can rent that out and I see how that's tangible. They have no idea they can put their money in a sound, safe investment like multifamily. And it took me a long time to really realize that they needed education. Um, so instead of being nervous of like, oh, I need to raise this money, it's really providing such a safe vehicle you know, for people that they wouldn't have the knowledge or the wherewithal to do, you know, on their own. They're working W-2s. They don't have time to call brokers and put together a deal. So once I think I got my head wrapped around that, it was much easier, you know, to to talk to investors and start building the pipeline. Yeah, I think it's it's that B do have, you know, you have to be a real estate syndicator. You You have to be that person and then the rest of the world will watch you and see if uh, they believe you after you do it for a while. But um, just start being that person. Be a, be a syndicator if that's what you're going to do. Embody it. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I mean, Sam, it took took you a little convincing uh, uh, from John, so it's it's definitely a process. Um, and I, I want to go back to what you commented earlier as well, where you said one of your coaches or mentors said you shouldn't do anything less than sixty doors. I mean, I think duplexes, quadplexes, you know, even a single family rental, um, you know, seems to be popular for beginners to start off with. So, what is the reasoning behind that? The biggest reason is your when you have a single door and um, the lease comes up, you you're 100 vacant. So your vacancy goes through the roof. When you have 100 doors and, and a lease comes up, you're you're still 99 occupied, right? So that's one of the biggest reasons. And then economies of scale. You know, if you wanna if you want another job, buy single family. Um, you could do it and have a property manager um handle all that but it just becomes um it becomes a maintenance nightmare because you got single families all over the place um it, it can be done don't get me wrong but with multifamily you get a lot more um a lot more economies of scale so it, the maintenance piece costs a lot less to maintain to hire help you're actually buying a business from day one that cash flows um, and also the the way that the property is valued is completely different than single family. So um, in single family, it's comparison market approach. So the house across the street sold for this amount. That means my house sold for this is worth this amount. And in multifamily, it's really you have control of the value of your property by adjusting the NOI, either increasing the income or lowering the expenses then you you can force the appreciation or, or dictate your destiny with what your property is actually worth. And I, I like having that control. The other thing is, I mean, if you're going to buy a 10 unit, you're going to do all the work of the closing process and the attorneys and all that that you would with a hundred unit, you may have to raise more money and there's, you know, other things to figure out, but you're going to do the work one way or, or another. So you might as well really think bigger and, and get paid. Yeah. It's the same amount of work um, for a single to a hundred units in, in my opinion, and um, do it once and, and get paid for the rest of your life. So. Right. Yeah, that's good. And before getting into multifamily, were you guys, did you guys invest in anything else? I mean, were you guys heavy into stocks or, or any other type of real estate, or this was pretty much really your first focus of on the investment side of things? 
I've I've dabbled in stocks. I've never really been good at it and I never really liked it. It's just for me, it's like gambling. I mean, I like to gamble, so I'll throw a little money <laughs> at the stock market, but I really don't know the business. I'll I'll tell you, I bought and my first investment in stocks was like 18, 19, 20 years old. I bought WorldCom. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Um, I'm I'm dating myself a little bit here. Um <laughs> So WorldCom was the best stock to buy. The financials looked amazing and they ended up going bankrupt very soon after that. The, the, the financials they were putting out were complete bullcrap. Um, and that just, I, I realized like I didn't really understand their business and they could say whatever they want in their accounting books where in real estate, I know what's actually happening. You know, I can go touch and feel that real estate and and see that leaky faucet or the the water bill through the roof because of, you know, a leak, leaky pipe or something like that. And I can control it. Um, I just I in biz and public stocks. I just don't see that transparency. No, that's it. I had very little money in a 401k was my big thing. And we sold that and put it into cryptocurrency. Uh, so <laughs> contrary to the financial advisors, uh, you know, guidance. Um, and that was also a great, great decision. Um, but nothing major other than that for me. Yeah, no, it's good to make the contrary to understand. I mean, I think it just naturally a lot of people get involved in stocks and 401ks, um, because it's it seems easier but um you know i think just kind of coming out of the multifamily side you you really see the the difference and and the benefits uh, when it comes to investing in real estate um so i guess really from from you know going where you guys are now i mean 400 units um you know you're doing 60 units or more so so that's you know that that's a good enough experience and sounds like continued growth so where where are you guys headed from here what are some of your goals for the future that's a great question. Um, so our intention is to scale um, to a thousand doors or more, um, and we'll hire someone, an asset manager, a full-time asset manager, um, likely someone to help us out with some personal things also, uh, like a personal assistant. And so that's really the next big step for us. And then really for us, we're... <clears throat> We intend to spend more time with our family. Um, we got a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and one on the way. And uh, these are valuable times that most people don't get the luxury to spend at these ages where they're so precious to uh, to have the opportunity to spend it. So we're going to not let that slide by. Acquisition side, my goal is um, four deals a year, so about a deal a quarter. Um, and then hopefully it'll get where that's not manageable we're doing too many deals and that's why we need you know the asset manager and all on on top of no that's awesome i mean it's uh it's really inspiring to hear that you know having kids building a family and doing all this at the same time so i think it definitely takes a a different breed to be able to balance all of that which is impressive um so i guess the standard question always is what is your definition of success I'd like to have an answer from from each of you too. <laughs> I mean, I you know, for me, it's health, relationships, and wealth. Wealth is a tool that helps with the health and the relationships. You know, so um, the relationships and our health are number one. Like for for me, 
um, getting more educated with health and and putting a focus on that, you know, as far as supplements and exercise and eating eating well, live a long life. I'm, you know, 40 years old. My kids are very young. I want to live a long time. My dad's still alive. My mom's still alive. You know, I want to be here for them and their grand and their kids. So um, that starts now. Um, and then relationships. I mean, that that just goes along with what I just said. So um, and then being able to have an impact on on those folks. So the wealth piece is there to fuel the other. It's just not, hey, we want we want to see the number go up. You know, <laughs> we want that to be a reason for for uh, taking care of our people and ourselves. So I was hoping while you talked, I could come up with a really good answer. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is really like having that willingness to, you know, continue to grow, but also like us being able to give back, I think. And and the re- it sounds kind of hokey, but the reason I say that is like one of our you know, big mentors said like had everything in the world he possibly wanted. And he talks about like laying up in his pool and looking at his house and he was just depressed. And, um, you know, I have that personality a little bit where like not not long ago, we hit a goal that, you know, we'd been waiting and waiting to achieve. And I kind of had that, I hate admitting this, but I kind of had that feeling of like, well, now what, you know, Mm. um, And so really and truly, like if we're not helping other people and we're not continuing to like, you know, set the bar a little bit higher where we're still having those failures and all that, then I don't I don't know that we what are we successful for, you know, and um, and I just want my kids to grow up in an environment where, you know, they see mom and dad like including other people and continuing to set the bar high and, and being okay with, you know, missing the mark sometimes and like, how do we handle that? you know, as a family. So I don't know if that's a, a total answer to it. Um, but I think really being being willing to continue to to grow and, and fail. Yeah, no, that's good. I think achieving the goals and, you know, once you achieve them, having some more purpose and passion behind it than just checking the box off goals achieved, you know, like, yeah. you know let's, let's create a new goal. Um, no, so I think that that's powerful. And I know you mentioned earlier, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a was a book, uh, a major impactor. What are some of the books that you've you've read recently that that was a big impact and that you might recommend to somebody else to read? Um, I I like um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, which is T. Harv Eker. Um, it's a great mindset book. It'll hit you right between the eyes if you're just starting your entrepreneurial journey on uh on money and wealth and and providing value um so i always recommend that one oh. <laughs> <laughs> better, okay. no no that's good um so i guess just to just to top off the conversation i mean i definitely got a lot of value um you know just kind of understanding what it takes from the ground floor up to to get to where you are today um, are, is there anything that you guys want to promote or talk about, or, you know, how can people get connected with you? Yeah. If you go to legacylink.info is our website, um, all our infos on there, feel free to connect to us. We'd love to have a conversation with anyone and help them out on their journey. Um, you can see our, our past and future deals on there. So, uh, legacylink.info. Awesome. Well, John and Sam really appreciate the time. Super valuable. And and I wish you guys, you know, success throughout your continued journey. Thank you so much, Lenny. Thanks for having us on. It has been a joy. Thanks, Lenny. My pleasure. Take care. You too. You too. 
As you can tell, the journey is never as easy as it seems. Sam and John have proven that you need to get on the same page in order to execute effectively. With tenacity and grit, raising a family and building a business is very much possible. You can find Sam and John on LinkedIn and follow me on Instagram at Lenny underscore Pisano to stay up to date on new episodes. And I hope that this helped you on your journey for success.